0: weather and science across the globe the weather jazz podcast it's that time of year the pattern is turning colder we even have some snow in the near-term forecast so all eyes are now focused on this coming winter Andre and his guest, Scott Sable, set the table for the big winter, winter weather, weather outlook today on Weather jet Weather jet Weather
1: jazz, jazz. To Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more. And I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Murnier, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 573, and we're now back on track. It's Monday. And it's the last Monday in the month of October, October 30th, 2023. The thought just hit me that the very next release of Weather Jazz, the next episode on Wednesday, will in fact be on November the 1st. And so the release this week, and we're back on track Monday, Wednesday, and on Friday, is very apropos for a very specific reason. You heard at the beginning of today's program that Scott Sable joins me as we set the table, so to speak, for the big winter weather forecast release. Now, we've already done this on television, on Fox 8 News on Friday. For those of you interested in going to take a look, you can go to the website, fox8.com, and you can watch the winter weather outlook But we are limited by time in putting this together when we're essentially talking about what is a very complex subject matter. Because when you stop to think about it, the winter weather forecast, which spans the essential timeline of three to four months, can be, and most of the time is, a very complicated matter. And so Weather Jazz gives me the opportunity to bring Scott Sable on and we get to get weather nerdy on you and talk about things that are related to the winter weather outlook. Now, it's very, very helpful when we look ahead to the winter weather outlook to actually look behind because in order to understand the future, Really picking apart what happened last winter is very important. And so Scott Sable joins me today to talk about last winter and what went right and what went wrong with the forecast. Because, well, let's face it, with the seasonal outlook, there are a lot of things that can go wrong, especially when you go out on a limb and try to get as very specific as you can. So by understanding that, going forward will make a lot more sense. I'm not going to spend very much time introducing this segment because we have a lot to cover just in looking at last year alone. And on Wednesday, we will talk about this winter and some of the variables that we had to look at and had to struggle with in order to come up with our forecast. So without further delay, here is the conversation that I had with Scott Sable on last winter and what we learned from it. Hey there, Scott. Welcome to Weather Jazz. Yeah, it's been a little little bit of time here, Andre. How's everything going? Uh, Good, good. Of course, we're at that time of year. Everybody, everybody is interested in the winter weather outlook. This is Probably the number one downloaded episode of the year. Uh, And we'll get into some of the specifics of this winter coming up in the next weather, jazz. So those of you that are sitting at the edge of your seat going, I can't wait to hear this, or the the long explanation, you're going to have to wait a little bit because we have to set this up first. And uh, what I thought we'd do today is basically recap last year, because last year, for all intents and purposes, it did not turn out the way we thought, um, other than maybe one, two or three day period as we approach Christmas. Boy, did that ever hit us in the chin. But that was it. That was essentially it. There was nothing of great significance last year. So let's recap last year. Uh what uh, went right, which really wasn't much, admittedly, because it's a long-range forecast, but what went wrong? Well, let's get
0: let's get to it. Let's go in chronological order. Um, you, know, you go back to November, and I know that's technically out, not winter, but you know how it is. It snows, and the weather typically in November, unless you get a weird day in the 70s, isn't all that great. So right. November started out— <clears throat> Um, across much of the Great Lakes, Ohio Valley, Midwest, well above normal. We had days here in the seventies. Um, the first, I'm, I'm looking back like the, we'll say the first 10 days. And then we had a period of 10 days in the thirties and we did actually have some snow in November. Right. Um, so it was, you know, super warm. Um, the, the next 10 days were, you know, we had 10 days in the thirties and then around Thanksgiving, we were kind of in that middle ground, you know, forties and fifties and we had frequent rain. We had a lot of precipitation in November. Snow in the middle and then, uh, in the course, of the warmth of the beginning and then rain in the, uh, you know, around Thanksgiving heading into the beginning of December. And I remember a couple things from that period. I'm thinking, boy, this is, if this holds true, you know, through December, early January, you know, it's an active storm track. He had some cold. Man, this winter weather outlook from last winter is really going to work out. Well, here's what happened around Thanksgiving. We we started noticing a lot of signals in the northern Pacific. There were some other signals as well, um, I believe, uh, mainly northern Pacific. The pattern was showing that by the middle, maybe third week of December, we were going to get a cold blast. And it wasn't just like, you know, a couple of days. It was going to be something really significant. So the everything was pointing to that, which, again, goes back to, okay, you know, the winter weather out was showing cold. All right, maybe this is, again, another sign. Sure enough, by on Christmas time, we had that unbelievable cold snap. We had wind chills hey. that were very similar to the blizzard of 78 here in Northern Ohio. We didn't have the snow cover, but it was bad. <clears throat> then all of a sudden you go till between Christmas and New Year's. And then there were signs of maybe the pattern beginning to flip a little bit. But there's also a conflicting sign at that point that maybe we were going to get an active storm track again in the middle of January. Confidence wasn't really high. As we continued through, you know, uh, January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, then our confidence was going up that, man, wait a minute here. Everything's going to go the other way. And sure enough, like, like you had alluded to January and February, one of the warmest on record here in Northern Ohio. I don't think we had maybe, I don't remember five, seven days above, uh, 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 below normal. Um, and really virtually nothing. I mean, when was the last time we went January, February with, with, with that little amount of snow? All right. All of mm-hmm. a sudden in March. Now keep in mind too, and we haven't even talked about the Arctic. You know, you typically you think about the displacement of the polar vortex and and uh, the North Atlantic Oscillation, the pressure pattern over uh, the northern Atlantic over Greenland. Maybe some block would would show up and allow for some cold, and and that didn't happen. But it started happening in March. We started getting bl- the blocking pattern. We're like, well, where was this six weeks ago? We right. started seeing snows yeah. in March. The blocking pattern kind of continued into April a little bit. It was it was below normal, but at that point, the ship had already sailed for winter. And then we were heading into spring, and by that time, nobody was remembering what happened in January. All eyes are on what was ha- what's going to happen in J- in the spring. So, uh with the you know the, with the La Nina that we had last winter, you know, we were hoping that the MJO and the Pacific would would kind of come into alignment with maybe. Um, you know, something that would allow us to get frequent snows, because that does happen in La
1: Nina's, and that just did not happen at all right, last winter. Right. It stayed in one phase. It was high amplitude at one point, if I remember right, uh, is some of the highest MJOs, but it's it, it stayed, it kept circling back uh, in just mm-hmm. a couple of the phases. <laughs> it didn't go all the way around the whole cycle, uh, which typically it does, but. It didn't last year. What it did in March and April,
0: it did get into a favorable phase, high amplitude favorable phase. If I remember, it was like phase 812, somewhere in there. Yeah. And that was one of the main drivers of that cold in March and April. And if you look at it, I'll have that on my weather blog too. And I remember saving that, thinking to myself, man, when are we going to see that again? But you're right. It stayed in favorable phases for, for warmth in, the, in January, February, and then right. cold in March and April. But by that time, you know, yeah. the cold, was it was pretty much over.
1: Right. Yep. So um, when all was said and done, we had one of the least snowy winters in several decades. We ended up with, uh, give or take, 22 inches mm-hmm. at Hopkins Airport. And really not much more than that, even in the snow belt, because there weren't a lot of snow belt uh, systems that swung by. There were a few. Right, right. But I think uh, Chardon, Thompson, they're uh, typically we'll see double. So typically would be 44, but I don't think they even saw 35. Yeah, it
0: was unreal. I I was looking back at the last winter. That we had above normal snowfall and you got to go back to like the winter of, I think it was 1415 or 2015, six, one of those two, uh, might have been 1415. And, you know, I was looking at those just yesterday and the snow belt had 130, 140, right. uh, you know, Cleveland, Western suburbs, South had, um, 80, 70, something like that. And I'm, I'm looking at, and then I'm comparing it to the image that, that, that I just got from the weather service and the snow belt last year. Didn't have as much as what the Western suburbs had in that big winter, you know, seven, eight years right. ago. But you're right. It was, it was, it was unreal. You know, mm-hmm. the lake obviously didn't free, freeze over. I think we had maybe, maybe a couple of days with the uh, lakery
1: ice coverage up around 40%, something like it was. It, and then that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was just a few days in the Western basin mostly. And right. it was really thin, thin ice mm-hmm. and it was broken and. And uh, it, it was most unusual. So, you know, that was the eighth winter in a mm-hmm. row, I believe, right. where we had uh, either just a little below or a lot below normal snowfall. Not necessarily temperature wise, because that fluctuated up and down, but snowfall wise, this was uh, the eighth winter in a row. So, it was. That brings us to this winter. You know, the atmosphere does not pay attention to statistics. Right. Statistically, this next winter, we're not going to see below normal snowfall. But the atmosphere doesn't pay attention to statistics. Doesn't care. Yeah, no, no. It's going to do what it's going to do. So coming up on Wednesday, would you come back and let's... Put the pieces of the puzzle together. There's a lot different this year, mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we're hoping that we're reading the signals correctly. We'll let you know what uh, what we're thinking, and we'll get weather nerdy on you on Wednesday. Let's do it. How does that sound? That sounds okay. good. Let's do it. All right. The table is now set. So now, having established what we learned from last year, we can move forward and talk about this coming winter. And well beyond what we talked about in the winter weather outlook on television, where we're a bit time-constrained, but we think we did a pretty decent job in explaining what exactly we were looking at. But coming up on Wednesday, we'll be able to expand on that. Scott will rejoin me, we'll talk about a lot of those items, and hopefully the winter weather forecast will become much more focused, much sharper as we head into November and December, which is right around the corner, because the next release will in fact be on November the 1st. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, help me to spread the word about this podcast, especially if you are a winter weather fan and enjoy seasonal forecasting. Since we didn't have a Friday episode last week, I would like to very quickly at least acknowledge those of you that step alongside me to assist in helping Weather Jazz being the very best that it can be in funding those tools that are really necessary to make this program shine. My thanks to Dale Osborne, Erica and Larry Shaw, Brian and Christine Barnes, Will and Tonya Krauss, Victoria Singer, Kian Galunas, and Bill and Judy Martin. If you have a question, topic, suggestion, or you'd like to chime in about last winter or this coming winter, please send me an email, weatherjazz at com. You can also send me a voicemail via the Weather Jazz podcast audience connect line 234-525-5888 listen to the prompts and leave me your voicemail and yes especially since we're talking about winter weather we're still talking about snow fences and trying to figure things out from what could be a very complicated situation with the construction and position of a snow fence via the driveway which faces in a particular direction we haven't forgotten about you we're going to be tackling that very very soon since i'm sure you need an answer here pretty soon as we're facing a winter weather season coming up so remember wednesday the big winter weather outlook where we really take our time and talking about the parameters that went into the forecast that we came up with this year. That will be two days from now, right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across
0: the globe. Across the globe. Across the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.